Welcome back to the AT with you and me. I'm your host, Ruben Dryblad. Trail name Squeaks. A pleasure to be with you all, of course, as always, uh, for the anti-penultimate or the penultimate pod, a new vocabulary term I just learned by the spectacular Stephen Bresson, also known as Paxgale. He's with us today as my co-host, and we have a lovely guest, Dirty Dan, who's visiting us. Dirty Dan, welcome. Glad to be here with you guys. It's a tremendous pleasure. Uh, Pack scale, great to have you back on the pod. I know it's been a couple of episodes. How's it feel to be back? Feels fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Where have you been, man? <laughs> I have just been out hiking a lot of the time. I've been asleep while the pod's been recorded. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it's, that's how it happens sometimes. It happens, man. Yeah. Uh, I've had some great guests, previous episodes, Dirt Fox and Clementine, One-Eyed Jack, uh, it's been it's been a good time. Great to have you on, Dirty Dan. You know, I wanted to have you on while you were hiking uh, Nobo. Uh, I think we discussed this actually all the way back in Vermont, but wasn't able to make it happen back then. But yeah, we got split. We got split up. You know, it happens as as hiking happens. Sometimes. So it does. So it does. Sometimes people hike faster than others. Uh, you were doing a Nobo. You were looking to get it done, which made a lot of sense at the time. Stephen and I, Paxgale and I, sorry to dead name you there, uh, we're doing, you know, the flip-flops. So, you know, we were still, we weren't green, you know, we were we were fully bloomed oh, at that point. Not but green, no. No, but, you know, we still hadn't done, we didn't have quite the trail legs that you had at the time, so. Man, I was just trying to get done with my hike. It, it, it <laughs> That's really sense. all it is. But uh, it's awesome to have you here visiting us for the third time, actually. Truly. Yes, third weekend in a row. <laughs> is it actually the third? It is literally <laughs> the third incredible. weekend in a row. That is really incredible. I didn't even that hadn't even dawned on me. Thank um, you so much for making it out. Yeah, here, I'm really. so it's glad I could. Us. Yeah, the drive has gotten longer each time. So it has. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely has. Well, it is, uh, it's great to have you on. You know, I have some questions about through hiking and, you know, kind of about your adjustment now back into normal life. So I want to get into that. And I'm sure Stephen has some things he'd like to mention to you. And of course, I have a, a quote to hit, hit you over the head with from Vagabonding, my trail Bible. Um, so first, let's just start with a question, which is that, you know, it's been nearly three months since you've finished the trail and you're removed from it. Do you miss it? I am very fond of the memory of my through hike with the Appalachian Trail. The Appalachian Trail is very uh, sacred to me, um, but I did go through my through hike knowing that I was going to finish at some point and that I needed to be okay with that. And even two months later after finishing, I am very much okay with where I am right now and mm. with being done with the trail. Absolutely, I do miss it. And like this weekend and last weekend and the weekend before, very happy to be back in a connection with the trail. Right. Um, that is very cool to me. Mm. You know, we're at Above the Clouds Hostel now, about 20 miles uh, to finishing the AT. Me yeah, and you guys Pack are scale. almost done. That is that is so awesome. It's it's wild. I mean, we're, we're super excited. And I think, you know, both of us are going to have to deal with exactly the question I asked you about what it's going to be like to adjust to post-trail life and do we miss it and whatnot. So uh, it's nice to have someone here who's already a bit removed from it and talking about what that's like and uh, 
the connections back to the trail, I think it's going to be a little harder for us uh, because all of our friends are <laughs> going to be done with the trail. Yeah, too, you guys so. live up north. <laughs> and we live up north. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, we'll have to wait till next hiker season uh, to get to get on with that. Um, Packscale, are you envisioning any, uh, you know, missing of the trail? What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Are you ready to be done? How do you feel about it? Overall, I'm very excited to be done. Very excited to join the 2200 miler club. Hell I yeah. think that's going to be about the, the max number of hiking miles <laughs> I can manage in 2021. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it should be sufficient. I mean. Yeah, there's some very inspiring stories. Our friend Hopper is in the 3000 mile club. That's right. He's quickly approaching the 3500 mile club. And it's going to be tough being off the trail, but in some ways there it's sometimes it's hard to meet your needs on the trail, just in terms of more recently, we'd, we'd been hiking with a group of great friends and then they kind of got ahead of us by a few days. And so it's been a little lonelier being out on the trail these last couple of weeks. For sure. But, you know, Dan has certainly ameliorated that by coming out to see us these last couple of weekends. We've got that social interaction that we crave. Absolutely. And the, the one thing I'm curious about, Dan, is when's the next time you're going to be out for a multi-day backpacking trip? Ooh, good question. Oh, uh, multi-day. So, so what's <laughs> at multi-day? Least two nights. At, at least two nights. nights? Yeah, two oh, nights of dude, the woods. I don't know about two nights. Uh, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. I'm meeting back up with uh, with Bible study back in uh, around Halloween time to do one night, but two nights, I, I really don't know. Mm. I don't know. Well, actually, that, that's a great segue. You know, you just mentioned Bible studies. Someone uh, we hiked with a bit up north. You hiked with him for maybe a bit longer than we hiked with him for. But I wanted to know, have you been in touch with, you know, people you've hiked with besides us, of course? Uh, besides you two? A little bit. You know, I've tried to coordinate with a couple other hikers on meeting up um, with their flip-flop southbound hike. Um, it's not worked out yet. It still could. Right. Um, and I'm going to try and make that happen, but, um, them and, uh, yeah, like Bible study who I'd mentioned, who right. we'd hiked with North. He was a right. Nobo also. Yeah. Good guy. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, um, stayed in touch with him and a few other hikers. You know, it's so funny. I don't know. I just, uh, I've already kind of begun to at least try to adjust to using people's real names. So it's so funny to still use Bible study. I've been using your guys' real yeah, names too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dirty Dan, you know, and uh, you know, Hot Sauce is currently doing his the Sobo flip of his of his flip flop. So or the Sobo flop, whatever. It's not really that important. But uh, so I don't know. It's just I don't know. the the whole adjustment. I think is. It's kind of dawning on me. I'm kind of going through the throes of that. What was yeah. it like in your kind of final days? Were oh, you, yeah. Were you just, I mean, I think most people are kind of gunning it towards the end at that point. But what were your emotions like if you try to tap back into that? Oh, dude, by the time I was nearly done with my through hike in the 100-mile wilderness in Maine, mm. I was so done with being dirty Dan. Like <laughs> I just clean Dan. <laughs> I just wanted to be Daniel. Yeah. Like that that's my name. Yeah. Like I just wanted people to call yeah. me Daniel yeah. again. Yeah. Or just Dan. I mean Dan's cool too, Dan's but fun. I was done with being dirty Dan. <laughs> I even thought about changing my 
trail name in the hundred mile wilderness. Really? It's wow. like really? I, I did I did have the thought of that, but it's like, well, I can't give myself a trail name. Somebody yeah. would have to give it to me. There's not a whole lot of people around sure. in the hundred mile wilderness. I had a couple people I was hiking with mm-hmm. here and there, but they weren't gonna change my trail name at yeah. this point. And yeah. I mean there's really no point when you're almost done. Yeah with the through hike but it's just like i just got tired of hearing dirty dan after a while sure you know i think i've gone through that too i'm a little tired of hearing squeaks although honestly i mean i don't really i'd say i I think i hear squeaks less just because there's less through hikers around who know me by squeaks but it's more of just like the day hikers and the section hikers who take enough of an interest in you and stop you on the trail to really talk with you and you're like, yeah, it squeaks. Oh, how'd you get squeaks? And you go into the story and it's like, you know, it's fun. And I don't mind yeah. telling the story, but at this point it definitely has a hackneyed feeling. It's like, it's a little repetitive. I've, I've oh, <laughs> for sure, man, for sure. <laughs> Gone through the throes of talking about it, so. And actually when me and Paxio were hiking together today, we met some, uh, we met some section hikers out yeah. there and we just introduced ourselves as Daniel and Steven. Wow. Like we, we weren't going trail names. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it was actually a, a really fun little meeting. Dan was a little bit ahead of me. I hiked up, he was chatting with like a nice older couple. Oh, very and nice. They were really excited to hear about the Appalachian Trail and this weekend was actually their first time out in the woods backpacking Amazing. ever hiking and ever ever yes. hiking. wow <laughs> that's okay. what they said and that's they were having time. a great time they oh, yeah. were really happy the weather was perfect I did a little bit of trail magic for them too I oh. packed out their trash they had a big bag of trash big time. I even said like yo Paxil that was incredible yeah, that's big right time there. that's very big that, time that's gonna stick with them in their memory and hiking I yeah. hope it's that gonna it does for a very long time you know I don't doubt it I'm sure it will I mean I remember the times where I you know basically asked uh, sometimes asked and sometimes kind of hinted that I would like them to offer uh, to pack out my trash. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it would be great if someone would just take this trash off my hands, you know? Um, so that's huge. That's awesome, Pax God. I know you did that. That's great. Um, <sighs> dirty, dirty Dan. Uh, yes, I know Pax asked you about maybe, you know, a two night, at least a minimum two night hike, uh, backpacking trip in your future. How about a long distance trail. Is there another one in your future? And I say that just because I've been asked that a multitude of times, especially in these last couple of weeks. And oftentimes it's been, been, yeah, but surprisingly oftentimes it's been, would you do the AT again? Which I didn't even realize was in the realm of something that people actually did. And now we met the co-owner of this hostel here who has done the AT multiple times which blows my mind three times. That's right. Don't say twice. He did it three times. Um, he takes that personally. So I don't, that, that, that blows my mind. I would never do the AT, the entire AT again. I would do sections of it again. Mm-hmm. Is there another trail for you in the future? Maybe the AT. You know, I don't want to, you know, tell your future for you. What, what do you think? Do you remember when you and I were in Vermont and you asked me, we were – at this overlook and you asked me, you're like, would you do another trail after this? And I looked at you and I was like, nah, man. <laughs> but like realistically now, um, if I were to do another trail, you know, most people would go from the Appalachian Trail to the Pacific Crest Trail. Right. That's the natural um, progression. But I would, if I were to do another through hike, I would rather do the Continental
Continental Divide Trail sure. than the sure. Pacific Crest. Yeah. But the thing is, if I did the Continental Divide Trail, I would have to do the Pacific Crest Trail. <laughs> but I would want to save that for last. Why if I was have going to? to be because you want to be a triple crowner? Is that well, I mean, if you're gonna two you if you're gonna do two, you might as well do three, <laughs> is what I'm saying. That's, but you know, <laughs> you know, the Pacific Crest sure. Trail is the uh, the shorter one and the easier one. Um, is it shorter? Twenty six hundred miles. Well, it's it's long. It's PCT. longer than the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, but it's, it's not longer than the PCT too. I thought it was like three thousand. The Pacific Crest is shorter than the Continental Divide. It's shorter than the Continental Divide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Appalachian Trail is actually the shortest of the three. It's the shortest of the three, right? And the CPT right. is the one. But the Appalachian the Trail is said to be the hardest, right? As yes. far as terrain goes, right? And elevation change wise, mm -hmm. it's far greater than the PCT. I don't right. know what it's like in terms of the CDT elevation change wise. I imagine the CDT trumps it just because of the scale of the mountains. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, well this is what, easy to look up as well. So it's funny, oh, absolutely. It's funny that we're, yeah. we're waxing poetic. Right <laughs> <laughs> the Continental Divide is just the longest, yes, uh, as yeah, far as mileage goes. But yeah. that's a part of the country that I really want to see for sure. Um, but as far as what I hear about the Pacific Crest Trail, the terrain and stuff is not really that hard. Like I've even been right. told, it's like, hey, wait until you're really old, like yeah. in your seventies <laughs> to go and do the Pacific Crest <laughs> Trail. And I, I thought about that. It's like, hey, that's actually a really good idea because when I'm in my seventies, I'm not going to be wanting to do um, the White Mountains oh, or God. Southern Maine. I mean, that was brutal for me in my early twenties. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it, it's funny that we talk about that as being brutal in our early 20s. Meanwhile, nimble will, or I don't know if that's... We, cool. We've met plenty of older people that have done what we've done. And yeah. it's just like, you know, hats off, props. I mean, it's... He's like 89. He's like wrapping up yeah. through hike. I mean, that's... I can't imagine going through the whites in your almost 90. Like, I would love to be able to do that. I mean, the meniscus this man has, they should be in the Smithsonian. So, it's <laughs> truly... <laughs> it's, it's mesmerizing um you know you're uh, a southerner through and through born and raised knoxville tennessee uh i want to know what your perception of the northern part of the trail was and northern trail towns what was it like venturing to maybe a part of the country that you hadn't seen as much of before well it definitely is a part of the country that i had never seen before um and i will definitely say that it is um it's different um, when I hiked from Amicola Falls up to Daleville, Virginia, I kind of saw the same thing, mm. uh, just as far as, you know, people goes. But, um, once I got up to the Shenandoah National Forest and I started going north from there, I started seeing a change in, um, the way people talked, the way people interacted with me sure, and just the way people were in general. Mm. And that only kept you know, getting more and more different the more north I went from there. How did that feel? Um, was that uncomfortable? Was it a welcome difference or, you know? I wouldn't say um, a welcome difference because it's not like they were trying to impress me and nor sure. should they have been trying to impress right. me. Yeah. Who are you? Right. right. <laughs> Who am I? Yeah. But no, I mean, it was just President like it was dirty Dan. Of course. <laughs> right. It was just something that I noticed and it was like, huh, okay, this is different. This is a, a yeah. different change of people. Granted, before I hiked the Appalachian Trail, I had never been north of the Mason-Dixon line. So this was really a, seriously. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So this was a much different uh, thing for me. Mm. Um, but I welcomed the change and I wanted to know what, you know, culture was like 
uh, north of where I'm from. Mm. You know, I wanted to be a little bit more cultured from this whole journey that yeah. I did. And I absolutely was. Um, and that was really cool to me. And then I got to Maine. <laughs> and Maine was just like, it didn't even feel like America anymore, man. <laughs> I mean, it was just like a different country, but it was so amazing. I love Maine. It was my yeah. favorite state on the Appalachian Trail. Really? Mm-hmm. What about it? What, what spoke to you in Maine? There was nobody there. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, it was just such a beautiful country. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, it's so big and barren. I think. But whenever I did meet people, I mean, it was it was cool experiences. We had we had stuff to share. Mm. Like me and uh, somebody who was from Maine, we had stories to tell, and mm. we had we had things to share. And that's the culture aspect of what I really loved mm. about venturing north as I did. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the the Nobo tale is this, the south to north. And it's cool as a southerner going to north, going to new land, new land that you haven't seen before. I think that's part of the beauty of the flip-flop that Paxkill and I did as northerners now ending down in the south, which is kind of uncommon to us. So I want to invert the question and ask Paxkill, you know, what's it been like? being down south in kind of an area that you haven't spent as much time in. I know you went to college in Florida, but we ain't in Florida now. So, uh, yeah, what's the south been like for you, buddy? Well, the the south that we're in now in Florida are truly different beasts. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that <laughs> sure. certainly got to be said. But, I mean, up north, everybody was very nice and very friendly. And mm. down south, it's just been a complete follow-up <laughs> of that. Everybody's been very nice and very friendly, very happy to chat. And, you know, it's it's just been very nice. Have there been any uh, not nice situations? Or has it all been nice? I don't want to lead the witness here, but... I mean, I think we're, I think we're doing, doing all right overall. Yeah. Uh, we actually got to stay at a trail angel's house down south in southern Virginia. That's right. Uh, with, with Chuck and Donna, who really, you know, they put me up for a few days while you were laid up with the, the fateful bee sting, That's the right. softball-sized ankle, <laughs> the sepsis. Yes. It was disastrous. <laughs> they canceled pod known as Bigfoot. That didn't end up happening, unfortunately. But <laughs> The Bigfoot pod. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it was really nice to stay with the trail angel. And I yeah. mean, they just, they just really, you know, they would not let me buy any of my own food. They, 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 insisted, let, yeah. they, they, they absolutely insisted <laughs> that they were going to buy me my food. They were going to hook me up with a resupply. They were going to let me stay at their house for like three, four days for free. And, you know, I think the, the Southern hospitality has really shown through the hostels. Everyone's been very nice mm -hmm. uh, with fewer hikers. I think they also have more time yeah. to really chat and be personable and kind of like tend to the needs when there's not 80 Nobos all coming in right. every day for three weeks straight. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a good point of being in the, in the hiker off season, quote unquote, you kind of. You get a different you get a different experience at the hostels certainly. Um, Dan, had did you stay at many? I mean, we're at a hostel right now. This is not one that you stayed at when you went north. It's only twenty miles from Springer, so I correct. Think most people can make it. Uh, <laughs> a little yeah, I went a little bit further without a laundry and shower. Um, what was your experience overall at the hostels? Maybe 
tell me about some of your favorite experiences there, maybe experiences that you didn't like as much, hostels you'd go back to. Are we talking about in the South versus the North? Or uh, you can say, general? you can give me the South versus, your South versus North perception, especially as a Southerner. I think that'd be interesting, but also just in general, you know, what was your, well, what were your expect expectations of hostels? Were you budgeting to stay at many? Were you not planning on staying at a lot? Did you really want to be in the woods? What was, yeah, kind of your feeling on that? Well, I started my through hike with about, two to three weeks to prepare for it. So mm-hmm. I really didn't even know what hostels were or what to expect from them. <laughs> sure. Uh, the first hostel I even stayed at was Laughing Heart in okay. Hot Springs, uh, Hot Springs yeah. which I had a blast there. Great hostel. Uh, I, I hung out with a bunch of Southbounders there. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a really good time. Um, I really didn't have much expectation for hostels, but the more hostels I stayed at as I got north, um, the more I figured, okay, hostels are a place that are cheap. Mm. Um, they're friendly towards hikers sure. and that's what it's going to be. And that's usually what they were. Mm. Um, I really didn't have any bad hostel experiences. I mean, that's for good. what I needed, for what I paid them for, um, it was pretty good for what I got out of it. Um, it kept me going and it got me to the end. Yeah. I mean, I think they're uh, kind of a needed pit stop along the way. Much better than going to a hotel for sure. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the hotels are far more expensive and definitely don't have the amenities that, you know, most uh, hostels have. So this is a question I asked uh, Dirt Fox and Clementine when I had them on the pod. But uh, do you see yourself getting the hostel game in the future? This is something that hikers talk about, opening their own hostel, uh, frequently uh, a topic of conversation among hikers, at least the hikers that I hiked around, <laughs> you two a little bit, but uh, <laughs> others as well, uh, people would talk about opening their own hostels. Is that something you can see yourself doing? I don't see myself doing that. <laughs> okay, no. that's fair. Well, but I also live in Knoxville, which Knoxville that's is true. not a trail town, and it's also not close enough to the Appalachian Trail that I don't really see myself um, doing that. Now, granted, maybe one day I could you know, buy some property close to the trail. But I think that just the fact that the Appalachian Trail, the property around it is going to rise in value over the next couple of years. It's not going to be feasible, I don't think, to buy property around the Appalachian Trail. If you buy now and the property value goes up, (laughs) I see an investment in your future. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Well, this is insightful. <laughs> I mean, this is maybe something that could happen. Yeah, uh, that would be uh, two o three here with uh, Professor Squeaks. That would be cool, just to hang out with hikers all the time as yeah. they're on their journey. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be pretty sweet. All right, well, I want to open the floor to Packskill as well. Uh, do you see yourself getting into the hostel game, and maybe even if the answer is no, what about just being an overall trail angel? How do you see yourself working into that? Well, thank you very much, Squeaks. Of course. As, as, far, <laughs> as far as the overall hostel game goes, it's certainly not my area of interest or expertise. <laughs> but I will say, since since I've gotten down to the south, you know, we've stayed at, at a few different secret hostels. We stayed at the Duck Pond and we stayed at Dirty Dan's Dirty Den. <laughs> and then also the nice little stay with the Trail Angels, Chuck and Donna. Right. So in the future, if I have the chance, I would love to offer like a little secret hostel for maybe some like close friends who wanted to do a through hike in the future. Sure. 
And overall, I, I'd be thrilled to do some trail magic just out there with a table, cooler full of Gatorades and some bush, mm. some burgers, some Snickers bars. You know, the hikers really appreciate it. And there were just so many times on my hike where I was tired, maybe having a tough day, got down to a road crossing. There was somebody set up with a tent and it just really helped me keep hiking, turn my day around. It made that day a big highlight in my memory. Yeah. And so I think I would love to do some trail magic for some hikers. Absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely the, the last part of what you just said really resonates with me about a tough day and you get down to the road crossing and there's some people there. I mean, immediately my mind just flashed to Monson or maybe before Monson in Maine when we got down to a road crossing, we were hiking around Delicate Flower and his dog Timber, who we had on episode six of the pod. Uh, and there was the two fat fucks on a mission that was their uh, name for themselves. I would never say that to their face. Otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I remember uh, Delicate Flower and I had a PBR and there was a wonderful array of snacks and fluffernutters and it really uh, raised our spirits. So It's just, the little things, man. Yeah, it really is. You know, who knew a PBR could go so far? Yeah, I real. mean, they made us sandwiches. They bagged them up for us to, to take out on our hike the next day. It, it was just incredible. And that was on the on the way into Stratton. That was on yes, that's right. So it's uh, it's crazy how it all kind of blends together a little bit. Hold um, on, that was on the way into Rangeley, Maine. Correction. Oh, it was yeah, earlier right. than both of our initial. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right, yeah, Monson is way further. Yeah, no, yeah, Rangeley, right. It was before the Hiker Hut, um, which was a hostel. Do you stay at the Hiker Hut then? The yeah. hiker hut. Was that the off the grid hostel in Maine? Yeah, yeah. yeah I did not the propane stay there. shower. You did not stay no, there. No, I didn't stay there. Mm -hmm. uh, it was quite the institution. I heard they had really good egg sandwiches. They did have good egg sandwiches. Yeah, the breakfast sandwiches were great. I had a wonderful egg sandwich. I, I woke up actually rather late after breakfast had been served and they still went out of their way to make me a, a breakfast sandwich. So wow. I, I appreciated that. It's a little little callback here to the Mason Dixon. Now I'm curious for Dirty Dan Please. if you had to move north of the Mason Dixon, Ooh, no question. longer allowed to live in the South. <laughs> you had to move to an Appalachian Trail state. What state would you choose? You Great. already know the answer. Great man. question. Uh, he, we talked about say, this earlier. You say Maine? No, oh. I mean like I love Maine, but I was going to say I think Maine. Vermont is more of the vibe. Oh, okay. Why Vermont and not Maine, even though you spoke so glowingly about Maine? Vermont Why the had, Maine gate, huh? Well, there's nobody in Maine. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's um, <laughs> right to some degree. Yeah, well, they're all on the coast in Acadia. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's a little um, barren on the other parts. Which is nice, but I mean. Yeah. You like civilization. I, I like a little bit of civilization. Knoxville's got, it's a city. It's a good combination. Yeah, it's a legitimate city. Um, but it is a legitimate city, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, what I really liked about Vermont was that the towns that were in there, like the trail towns, mm. the vibe was, the vibe was just right. Mm. But when I was hiking in Vermont, in the mountains, in the dense forests that that had along the Appalachian Trail. Granted, we had perfect weather when we were there. It didn't rain. Oh my gosh. Granted, a lot of people, you know, have a lot of mud when they go through, which we fortunately didn't have to go through. Absolutely. Um, I liked that part of Vermont. Um, it really spoke to me. Yeah. So like if I were gonna 
move anywhere else, it would definitely be Vermont. Hmm. I mean, it's definitely a very hiker-friendly state. I oh, yeah. I had the I best the trail best. magic in Vermont. That's not my persuasion, but sure. it is um, It is a uh, little tidbit about what I did experience in Vermont okay. while I was there. So if you had to go deeper into Vermont, if there was a trail town in particular that you were forced to move to, if you had to go to only one, what would it be? Would it be? The only one I really know is the one I took a zero in, which was Rutland. Sure. Um, which Second is a largest town. city in uh, Vermont. Second largest? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. After Burlington. Really? <laughs> are, are you serious? There's not that Vermont, many people right? that live Vermont, in the whole state. Vermont doesn't have a super big population. Rutland was not a big town. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not a high population state. <laughs> Very Great. high, very high vaccination rate, but not very high populations. Uh, yeah, no, Rutland is the second largest city in Vermont hmm. after Burlington. Burlington's a great town too. I like Burlington a lot, but I really enjoyed Rutland as well. I took a zero there too. Uh, well, I mean, I kind of, I, if I was forced to go to one of those northern states, I would say Vermont, but might be the one I would choose as well. Um, I guess it might be more interesting for Paxgill and I to answer the inverse, kind of as I asked him before about if it had to be a southern state in a southern town, what would it be? So, oh yeah, I want to know the so answer. So, Paxgill, I'll, uh, I'll open it up to you first. Thank you, Ruben. Please. <laughs> now, this one is actually a pretty easy answer for me. Oh, there it is. Let me tell you, when we were in Roanoke, Virginia, it was incredible. It we was. were twenty minutes away from the Appalachian Trail. There were dozens of other available trail systems that you could go hike on, huge amounts of national forest. It was truly a, a shining star in the mountains. <laughs> and we had a, had a great stay there at the Duck Pond, and it really opened my eyes to what it would be like to live so close to, to such an amazing trail system. Sure. On the flip side of that, Pennsylvania is, mm. has a lot of trails, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not the Appalachian. But, it, but it's unfortunately north of the Mason Dixon. It's true, and so, it's not the best part of the. Yeah, if I had to move to any trail town, it would definitely be Roanoke, Virginia. I like that answer. You know, Roanoke's also kind of it's Virginia is the largest state on the AT, as all ATers know, uh, and there's parts of Virginia that are less than ideal, but. Roanoke is kind of in the heart of a great part of the AT, the Virginia Triple Crown. So kind of opens you up to an ideal part of the AT as well as what uh, Paxhill mentioned, other great, other great trails. And the Shining Star is literally a trail you can do as we saw Ducky did. And I hope she listens to this and I'll make sure she does. But uh, she hiked up to that star on the Roanoke uh, mountaintop. So that was pretty cool. Um, and I know you guys didn't turn it and ask me, but I'll assume that you did. So, what is your favorite <laughs> southern state? Squeaks. Uh, you know, I really, uh, I really enjoyed the the Tennessee North Carolina section of the trail, and one of my favorite towns might have been Hot Springs, uh, mm -hmm. North Carolina. I think there's a lot there in terms of. Just the, the feel of the town, the terrain that's around there, the trail on both sides of it, I think was very enjoyable. Uh, you know, Max Patch to the south uh, and Lover's Leap and other parts of it to the north that are now eluding my memory. 
in part to this uh, delicious Sweetwater IPA that I'm drinking here with the boys. Um, G13. On this Saturday, because Saturdays are for the boys. That's so. right. <laughs> Cheers to that. Yeah, let's get that. Let's get that clink on the bot. Um, Thank you, Ruben. Now you yeah. mentioned Hot Springs. I did, yes. which is decidedly a trail town. Probably Absolutely. the number two trail town of the AT. Oh yeah. And after <laughs> I had a good time. Just after Springs. Damascus, Virginia. Fair. Now Fair. let's see. You could live a little bit further away. I know you were a big fan of Asheville, North Carolina. I was. I was. Now, if you're given the option to live in Hot Springs or Asheville, I would take Asheville. <laughs> I would definitely now, take. How Asheville. smart? How much does the fact that the Sierra Nevada brewery weigh into that? <laughs> um, it weighs heavily. Um, I think also similarly to what Dirty Dan said and you know, his upbringing in Knoxville and my upbringing in New York City. I like larger cities. I like more people. So uh, Hot Springs is a wonderful trail town, but... It's a trail town. It's a trail town. The population is pretty small and it's also rather touristy. So, you know, I think that part of it I wouldn't enjoy as much. But Asheville is is up and coming. I think It's popping. I think its stock is rising. So I'd invest now and uh, I think you'll reap big dividends in the future. I can imagine for you guys coming down south that Tennessee and North Carolina are basically the same exact state. Mm. From you know what I can imagine, if you look at a map, it basically is the same state. Yeah, I mean, along in terms of the, the AT, yeah, for sure. No, I think I mean most people. There's times where you don't know what state you're in. So, oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I've yeah. hiked the last five months not knowing what state I'm in. <laughs> I think I'm in a state of disarray. <laughs> Whoa, it's just got really deep. <laughs> That was a good little double entendre there. Um, well, getting back to the questions here as this podcast gets off the rails. Um, <laughs> Dirty Dan, I want to know if you have any regrets uh, along your AT adventure. Um, I know some people, you know, some people do the trail really quickly. Some people do it on a slower pace. Do you wish you had done it faster or slower? Do you wish you had taken more blue blazes? you wish you had stayed at more hostels? And I, I again, I don't want to, as I mentioned before, I don't want to lead the witness, but uh, would you would you do it again? What were your regrets? You would know, I do the Appalachian Trail again? Yeah, and I tie that into, you know, regrets of yours. If you had any about the trail, maybe you didn't. You know, some people really love the way they did the trail and they would do it again the exact same way. Well, if I were to do the Appalachian Trail again, I would do it Sobo just so I could end up at home. But okay. if I were to go over and do my first through hike, um, unlike what I did before, mm. um, it's kind of hard to say because I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. Okay. And, you know, we learn from our experiences. So I really have no regrets on my uh, through hike uh, first time through the Appalachian Trail. I wish I could have hiked with you and pack scale more. Yeah. I wish I would have slowed down a little bit and just been able to have experienced New Hampshire and Maine with you guys because sure. it, it would have been really cool. Yeah. But at the same time, like I was trying to get done with yeah. my through hike because this is my first through hike. Right. And so I was trying to get that completion right. and get that under my belt. Right. But, I mean, no, I don't like to live my life with regrets. I think that's the better way to live the life is without regrets. No regrets, as uh, 
as the southerners say. No ragrets. We got that tattoo along our chest. Yeah, it's uh, from a certain movie, as I recall. Yes. (laughs) We're the Millers, if I'm not not mistaken. Um, Yeah, you know, I kind of remember there was a moment where I kind of realized that we weren't going to catch up to you, uh, which was in New Hampshire. uh, And we were like, we were fairly close to you, but... Uh, I remember we texted you like, oh, where are you? And you were like, yeah, I pushed like a 19 through the whites, through the rain and made it down to Pinkham Notch. That was only for my safety. <laughs> like I wasn't trying. I, I hear that, you. That, I was, hear that was it. That's, I mean, that's also part of Everything I had was right. soaked. Right. You, everything you had was soaked. I had to get down. You had to get to the, the barn to mm-hmm. see Paul, uh, to get to the hostel. Good old Paul. Paul. Isn't it? It Paul. was Paul. It was Paul. Yeah. Was it Paul? Paul. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely Paul. Paul. I mean, I remember seeing you when you got back from your Slack. Yeah, we met up, yeah, but yeah, you guys were still behind on my. You actually right. sold me your bunk because I was going to have to sleep in Ruben's wet tent. <laughs> yeah, I was very unhappy about that That's situation. Right. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, I slept. I ended up sleeping on the Lazy Boy in the barn uh, that night. And actually, I remember I woke up and the, I woke up in like the middle of the night and the couch was free and I moved over to the couch. And then when I woke up in the morning, Paul was there and he was like, Oh, I couldn't make it to the bunk. And he totally didn't realize that I (laughs) did not actually have a bunk and was supposed to be tenting. But, uh, I appreciated that. Um, we got some bathroom breaks. (laughs) We got a little change of cast going on. It's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll push forward on the pod here. Um, you know, it's, it's wild how close we are to the end, uh, two more days and, uh, we're hoping to end on October 11th, which will be six months to the day, which is just wild to think, uh, pack scale, think of how long we planned for this, how much time and effort and capital, uh, went into it. (laughs) Emphasis on the last factor there. Um, what are your feelings a little bit, you know, I don't expect any, you know, super deep insight, but you know, if you blow me away, I'll be, uh, pleased. I would love to go through this load bearing wall. It's, uh, the Kool-Aid man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've just got to say that I'm so excited about the fact that we hiked the AT. This was it. We set our goal many, many, many days most of which were very tough. That's the thing about hiking is the end of every day, I was just about flat out exhausted. Yeah. And it's, it's really thrilling to have seen the trail. That's what I was thinking about today is I've seen Mm. the trail every step of the way. And especially recently with these rains, we've been seeing a lot of mushrooms, which has been a lot of fun. That's true. Uh, But I'm really proud of us for planning this out in the thick of the COVID, the monthly Zoom meetings, (sighs) and then finally getting out there first day, making it like six miles (laughs) camping in Shenandoah. Second day, Uh, I remember hiking for what felt like hours. (laughs) I checked the gut hooks and I'd made it 1.2 miles. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, I think we've we've had a lot of uh, personal growth. I hope, and I, I think I know that for sure. Definitely. And I think we've also had a lot of physical growth of our incredible leg muscles yes. <laughs> at this point in our through height. Absolute pillars. But I'm I'm really excited to to see the last little bit of trail here. You know, I've seen all the rest of it and it's just been gorgeous. And yeah. I think these last 20 miles are gonna be beautiful with these really heavy rains we had. I'm particularly looking forward to the Amicalola Falls Trail. Absolutely. That I think that's just gonna be one huge cascade after another. Mm. Yeah, that water's gonna be gushing, man. <laughs> I can't wait. Gushing. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a great, it's a great point, Pascal. I think, uh, particularly the point about really seeing the trail, I think that's, you know, I don't know. I, I guess my perception of what the trail was like before being on the trail, you know, we, for instance, just today we passed by Neil's gap and Neil's gap is such an iconic part of the AT with the shoe tree, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where a lot of Nobo hikers kind of hang up their shoes and realize that their hike is done and uh, it just looked different than what I expected. And Neil's Gap looked different. And I didn't think the walking through Neil's Gap was going to be what it was. And you know, I thought we were going to literally walk through a store. And really, you just kind of walk through, like, you know, a very minimal store. Kind of like a hallway. Yeah, it's a very minimal hallway. And there's a bathroom <laughs> attached to it. It's, like, not what I thought. But <laughs> that's just part of it, right? Like, you have these expectations. And your expectations are shattered by the reality. And uh, it's just been a beautiful part of the trails that I've constantly had these expectations and then I've met it with the reality and I've kind of had to reconcile the two and uh, watching that happen in real time and, you know, just dealing with that has been uh, fun. I, I guess that's kind of the best way to put it. It's really been, it's really been a lot of fun. It's been a, a really fun six months and uh, it's wild how long that we planned and thought about this. It almost feels like greater than like a thesis in college. It feels like, <laughs> it feels like a capstone on like my life, even though I'm like 25, it's a, hopefully, you know, crossing my fingers here, I'll live a long and healthy life, but it really does. It feels like a very momentous <laughs> occasion. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I think, I honestly think like, even though now I'm keeping it together, I have a feeling that at the end, there might be like a tidal wave of emotion that like, I'm kind of, you know, got the the bottle, you know, it's got the cap in it, but the champagne might, might explode right out of it when I reach Amicalola and I, you know, who's to say, I don't, I don't know what it will be like, but it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of overwhelming how, how crazy it's all been and how it's kind of coming to an end and I'm super excited to transition back into day-to-day -day life, but yeah. Wow. What a wild, wild adventure. It's a milestone for sure. It really and is. And that corkscrew might not even go off until, you know, a few days after you yeah. finish at Amicalola. For yeah. me, it didn't really occur to me that I was done done from Mount Katahdin until I stepped foot into my apartment. Mm. And once I stepped foot into my apartment, it just kind of like hit me all at once. It's yeah. like, wow, now I'm done. Now, granted, I even had a vacation after right. I finished Katah and I went over to Acadia and then I had a like a 20 hour drive or something like that back down to Knoxville. And as soon as I got back down there, walk into my apartment, I have my bag with me and I just, uh, I walk in 
in my backpack yeah. and uh, I just look around for a minute and then it just really kind of hit me. It was like a realization of, wow, I am really done. Like my through hike is over and I was okay with it. I mean, I was able to make peace with it, but it was, it was a lot of emotion to take at one time is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Um, it may not hit you at Springer Mountain. Springer Mountain is um, kind of level one in yes. a way. Yes, I've but heard um, I think you guys will have some kind of emotion hit you. Yeah, I think I think we will too. Um, so to close out this uh, lovely pod that we've had here, I know it's quite late. It's uh, approaching midnight, which is far later than most. We're not talking hiker midnight. We're not talking hiker midnight. <laughs> We're talking uh, real midnight here. So I want to close out with a quote from Vagabonding, my trail Bible, as I may have mentioned previously. Now, this is actually a quote within a quote. It's a quote from a famous uh, continental philosopher, one that uh, Stephen and I have actually talked about a little bit earlier, maybe a couple days ago. Uh, I don't exactly remember when, but it's on page 160 of Vagabonding for those keeping score at home. Um, so here it is. Uh, it's related to uh, a story that Rolf Potts tells, but the story right now isn't important. I'm just going to give you the quote, Dan, and I want to hear your, your thoughts on it. We can discuss it okay. casually uh, as we close out here. So here it is. Our eyes find it easier on a given occasion to produce a picture already often produced than to seize upon the divergence and novelty of an impression wrote Frederick Nietzsche. I think it's... Doi. All right, folks, we had a little bit of a tef- technical difficulty, almost a throwback to the 501 podcast for those keeping score of all of uh, Ruben Dryblatt's content. We just, struck midnight. Just talked about myself in the third person, hate myself for that. Um, we're going to repeat the quote, and then we're going to get Dan's thoughts on it, and then we're all going to go to bed because it's fucking late. Um, here we go. <laughs> Our eyes find it easier on a given occasion to produce a picture already often produced than to seize upon the divergence and novelty of an impression. I think that depending on how our mindset is shifted, that we will see what we want to see or that we will look for what we want to see. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's kind of... That's exactly what he's saying there, you know. And hopefully we will find it. Hopefully. I mean, I think that's all we can kind of hope for is at least that we can kind of break free a little bit from those chains. Because I think, you know, too often, you know, we we disempower our own perception. We, we, We don't allow ourselves to experience the new thing. We just overlay the old thing on top of it. It's like, oh, I've seen this kind of this mushroom before. Or, oh, I've seen this kind of view before. Or, oh, I've hiked this kind of mountain before. Or, oh, I've been in this kind of terrain before, in this trail town before. And it's like, you you really haven't, you know? This is all, it all is kind of new. Every little moment, every little frame to use a film, you know, term is, is, is new for the most part. You're rarely living the exact same experience over again, but it's very hard to allow that new impression to take hold because we have all these previous perceptions that are constantly pushing, uh, to the forefront of our mind. Um, 
So there's a certain beauty in allowing yourself to experience the impression for what it is. That was really well said. You've been thinking about it for a while. <laughs> it's almost while like you're I sitting, the quote. <laughs> while you're walking there on the trail, just thinking in your own head. Yeah, you came up with that. That's really good, man. Wow, I appreciate that. Nietzsche came up with it, but uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully, yeah. I got something out of my philosophy I, degree. I think that can really apply to our, or at least my experience here in Georgia. You know, I'd gone my whole through hike, basically just thinking, "Oh, Georgia's the last state." Uh, Georgia's level one. It's just the the end state in the AT. It's right. only got 70, 80 miles, right. small mountains. Right. And then getting down here to Georgia, it turns out it's not just a green tunnel the whole time. Hmm. It turns out there's beautiful waterfalls. There's big mountains. There's tough climbs. Absolutely gorgeous overlooks. Looking out all the way west. I might have even been able to see Alabama. Totally. The mountain. Totally. 100% sure on that. But... I have just been blown away with Georgia. It, I would highly recommend anyone to come hike the AT section. It's not just a not just a pushover state. Absolutely, it's one hundred percent worth it in its own right. I think that's that is very well said. I mean, even as the the hostel owner said tonight, he said, uh, and you know, we'd have to maybe fact check him on this, but I'll take it as fact. Uh, he said that Georgia has like the hardest terrain per foot, the most incline. Uh, you remember exactly what he said. He said it? that, but like I don't. <laughs> he, he might have been joking. I'm not sure if he was joking. I don't know exactly what he was uh, chomping at there, but certainly the impression of Georgia, to bring it back to the quote, uh, blows him away and blows most hikers away, I guess, when they're starting Novo of the grade of the, the AT. It certainly is a is a wake-up call, at least a little bit, to future states. If you have a tough time with Georgia, you're certainly going to have a tough time with New Hampshire. I don't know, man. I did every state, and I don't see it. Georgia's very level one. Georgia's level one. Well, <laughs> there you have it from Novo. So, uh, well, we'll let you future through hikers decide what you think about it. Uh, Dan, a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Glad to see you guys again for the third weekend in a row. Unbelievable. I'm it's been a pleasure of mine. Yes. Thank you so much for coming out. Truly. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, another podcast to come, possibly with Brad Bernard. Uh, so uh, stay tuned.